are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Coffee with Kim. I invite you to journey with me to a new day. I believe God has led you to this moment and this place because he is about to bring purpose and potential to your story. So join thousands of women and men from around the globe who have discovered how powerful their stories become once Christ touches them with his purpose. Don't you long to make this same discovery? Then grab your coffee, scoot in, and join me as we let God's Word reveal how every part of your past has been preparing you for this very moment. Is there power in our stories? How could what we've gone through possibly help others through what they are going through? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee. You know what coffee is, conversations of friends of faith to encourage and equip. I'm Kim Crable, so delighted to be welcoming you back to our eighth season, eight seasons. Can you believe that? Oh, my goodness, if you're just joining us, we're so delighted to have you. And if you're one of our faithful friends, thank you for being so faithful. You know, my heart is to bring uh, stories to you of real people with uh, real messages that really change our lives. And today, I think you're going to be delighted with our choice. Our guest today, he certainly believes in the power of our stories. As a high school English teacher, Aaron Onfelt has spent years helping students unlock that power within their stories by paying attention to the authors behind those stories. Now, Onfelt goes on to say that as Christians, we can unlock the power of our stories as we get to know the heart of our author and uncover the evidence of his love and beauty in the settings, characters, symbolism, and even conflicts found in our personal stories. Well, you all, as my listeners, as my faithful friends, you know this is the passion of my heart. This is my story as well, to help others unlock the power of their story so they can only imagine what God can do in their lives. So with that, I am so delighted to be welcoming onto our show today, I think from Colorado Springs, and he can tell me if that's right, if he's still there, Mr. Aaron Onfeld. Aaron, thank you so much for joining us today. Kim, thank you so much for having me. It is such an honor to be on your show, and it is a beautiful morning here in Colorado Springs. I can see the sun coming up, and it is gorgeous here. I don't know about if you can see where you are, but it's a gorgeous morning here. It, it is here as well. We're, you know, I'm near Atlanta, so our time zones are a little different, but I'm so glad to have you here. And, you know, Aaron, I guess I should tell everyone, you are a high school English teacher with more than two uh, decades, ooh, two decades, that's a long time, in the classroom. He, you are passionate about using your writing uh, skills and reaching uh, teaching to a point to God to point to God who is very much present in our day to day lives. You have your Masters of Arts um, in teaching from Wheaton College, and yes, it says you are currently living in Colorado Springs. Sometimes I, I just want to always make sure because we're we're transient people, we can move around very quickly. So I love Colorado Springs 
But what I love more than anything is your heart to help others tell their stories. May I just begin by asking you, where did that, how, where was that heart of to help others cultivate their stories? Where did that come from? How was that birthed within you? Great question. Yeah, I've, I'm, I've been a teacher, as you said, for over 20 years teaching English, and so we talk about stories all the time in the classroom. Mm-hmm. I'm always telling students, okay, let's look at Steinbeck and what is he doing with Of Mice and Men and the setting here, and what's his reason for this conflict or introducing this character? And, and as I've talked about that as a teacher with my students and talk about what Steinbeck's trying to do with the story, I'm always thinking as a Christian, well, look what God's doing with our stories. He's using symbolism mm-hmm. in our stories. He's using characters and conflict and settings in our stories. And he's so creative with it all and, and is so intimately involved in the details of it all. And so just as I've t- taught my kids to be aware of what the author is doing and looking for what he's doing in the stories, it just makes me more and more um, passionate about looking for what God's doing in my story and being aware of that. And it makes me want to help other people do that. How difficult is that, Erin? I know that it seems like primarily, I know you're doing it with you helping adults and men and women as well, but in, in the school situation, in the high school situation, how difficult do you see that being with these young kids now? I mean, there's so much bullying going on. There's so, there's so much confusion going on in our, with our teens right now. Do you see that it's more difficult in our days now than it was say when you began teaching there's definitely more brokenness my school where i've been teaching for the last 20 years um, has definitely changed um, we've got kids with more and more broken families we've got kids that are that are dealing with anxiety that's through the roof um, just last last year i lost a student to suicide and so um, yeah so that the darkness is there it is it is hard but at the same time, in the midst of that darkness, um, God's light shines bright. And kids, kids, students who know him, who love him, shine so brightly there. And loving people, just offering a little bit of love goes so far with these kids. It's beautiful. It's beautiful to watch what God can do in a setting like that. See, that's exactly, that, that's exactly the way I look at it. Because I, as a Christian counselor, I see a lot of hurt. I see a lot of brokenness. I know the statistics of the suicidal rates uh, among our teens and even, you know, even as, even adults right now. But in speaking with teens, it seems as though there are, many are just feeling so hopeless. And a lot of that is because the adults around them are not really portraying a lot of a standard that's given them a, you know, a, a platform, a strong Christian platform to stand on. So in that world, tell, tell, take us into the classroom for just a bit and tell us what are some of the challenges that you're seeing in helping these kids begin to tell their stories. That has to be something that you, 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 you it has to be a tender kind of um, thing that you do in helping them begin to um, uncover their story. Tell us how that, what, what does that look like? Well, I think day one, we talk about how everybody's voice matters. We talk, I have mm-hmm. all the students get up in front of the classroom the first day, and then I sit in a desk, and as they're standing in front of the chalkboard, or actually whiteboard, standing in front of the whiteboard, and I'm sitting at my desk, I say, guys, what am I, what am I trying to communicate here symbolically? And they kind mm-hmm. of think about it and process it, and then one kid will say, well, maybe that we're teachers too. And I say, yeah, you guys are going to teach me way more than I'm going to teach you because you're, you have, mm-hmm. all have these experiences and, and a back, backgrounds that – I've never, I've never been a, been a part of, and so I'm going to learn so much 
from all of you. And I said, your voice, I'll tell them your voice matters. Don't forget that your voice matters. And then from that day on, we build community. I I try to make it as comfortable as possible for them in the classroom. I want them to feel like they're safe, like they belong, like they're a part of something. And most of all, I want them to feel seen. So we talk about, I mean, I don't know if you want me to get too much into it, but we talk about Annie Dillard's penny, the symbol of a penny. And, and she talks about how these pennies are on the ground and people walk past and don't notice them they, because they don't think they're valuable. And I tell the kids, we're all like pennies. We need to notice each other and pick each other up and celebrate each other. And, and so in the classroom, we build this community and kids begin to feel seen and noticed and, and loved in, in, in great ways. It's just awesome to see what God does with that. I mean, isn't it? I mean, that is, Aaron, my first book is called Burdens to Blessings. The byline is discover the power of your story. Let's, uh, and, and so what you're saying is, you know, like finding your voice, uh, teaching everyone that their voice matters. Um, I don't know where the quote came from, but there is a quote that says, every time a woman dies, a library dies with her. It's because we're not mm. allowing a space for these stories to be told so we're missing so much. And I love what you said uh, to the kids. You're going to teach me way more than I'm going to teach you. That can truly happen in our lives no matter what age. If we set, as you say, if we build community, I call it in my, you know, building a safe haven, uh, same thing, so that we give people the opportunity to talk. I love the thought about being seen because we live in a world where we all feel invisible unless someone, um, you know, brings color to our life. Let me ask you this, and I, 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 I feel like that I listened to an interview uh, with you, and you, you are a self-proclaimed introverted person. Am I correct? You are exactly you know, correct. So how does that how do you use that? Because one of the things, one of the scariest things for people in the top five is public speaking or speaking even in public. How do you use that part of your story to help those in your classroom or even with adults um, that feel like, gosh, I'm too shy. I can't, there's no way I can tell my story. And that, that fear keeps them silent. What would you say to those people? What have you learned and what would you tell people? Well, I, I, I definitely tell people that I'm an introvert and that it's, that it's difficult for me to get up in front of people. My students are always shocked by that because they see me in front of them every day. And I think it encourages them that they're not alone when I tell them where I'm coming yeah. from and it's hard for me to, to be in front of people. One thing I hold on to is just all throughout the Bible, you see examples of, of people who feel overwhelmed following God's call. And, and yes. you know, you look, at, you look at Moses and, you know, and he's like, I can't do this. I don't know if I can do this. And Ezekiel, God calls him to speak to the Israelites and be his mouthpiece. And he sits by the river overwhelmed after God calls him. And, I mean, there's just, there's, it's a lie to think that, that if God calls you to something, it's going to be easy and no problem. It's going to be in your wheelhouse. I mean, there's, you're definitely gifted in areas that God's called you to, wherever he's called you, he's going to give you the gifts. But it's, it's difficult. It's not easy. And, but at the same yeah. time, he's with you in the midst of it, and, and he, he gives you the help you need. And that's the thing, too, is when you're, when you're overwhelmed, and I think God wants it this way, when you're overwhelmed, you need him. You, you hold on to yeah. him, and that's when you see him do incredible things. 
Absolutely. You know, I always say, you know, being in God's will is not always all warm and fuzzy and comfortable. We have to stretch, don't we? I mean, it's like, but once we do, it's the most incredible feeling because we realize that we're doing um, something outside our comfort zone. And, you know, it's really funny. Someone said to me one time years ago, how, Kim, how does your uh, introverted personality deal with your extroverted personality? Because you have to be, you have to push yourself almost to be extroverted, don't you? Even though I know that's not really possible, but it seems that way because I'm also very introverted. I'm a very quiet person. If you see me out in public, as a matter of fact, people have taken that the wrong way many times until they really understand that I'm really a quiet person, even though I'm talking all the time, Aaron. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Yeah, as a oh. teacher, I have to talk all the time. Yeah, but, but I'm an introverted person. I reach being alone. So. Yeah. I love uh, the stories that you gave from the Bible because that's where we always go back to to defeat the lies that we can't do what God is calling us to do. Many examples in the Bible because that's that's part of your audience. You, your paperwork says that, that you write and speak for people who know God exists but struggle to see the evidence of his love in their daily lives, which might be a part of that struggle to, to do what God is calling them to do. Talk about that just a little bit, um, that you write and speak for people who know God exists but struggle to see the evidence of his love. Because I think our world is filled with people like that right now, Aaron. What would you say to them? I would say to those people who are struggling to see that God's presence, that God's, that God's at work in their lives, to, that, to not be discouraged, first of all, because because um, this is a difficult, this is a difficult world and it's fast-paced and it's, and it's hard to um, it's hard to, to take time to see God at work, but I would also mm. say that just like Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, He says that God has plan. God says He has plans for us, and then He says, if you, yes. if you seek Me, you will find Me. If you seek Me with all your heart, and I think mm-hmm. I think that God is really into us taking time to look for Him and to be still and know that He's God. Psalm forty six ten, and and to um, to make sure that. Make sure that we're praying continually, like First Thessalonians says, we're praying continually, where we're making time to open our spiritual eyes and, and be aware of his presence. And when we, when, we look at, when we look at specifically the lives around us and what we're doing in the lives around us and our setting in our own lives, um, with, with prayerfully, we begin to, the spirit of God begins to open our eyes and we begin to see, wow, God, you are here. You are present. You're doing things with the setting in my life. You're doing things with this difficult situation I'm in. You're you're doing something with this this person that I'm, that I'm just beginning to know, and and there's a reason why you brought us together. Like there's all these things that God's doing in our lives, these plans that He has for us um, that are mm-hmm. unfolding. And if we prayerfully walk through life and seeking Him, we will find Him. Like like that passage says, yeah. we will find Him. We'll see Him there. Yeah, oh, I love that. You gave so many scriptures in there, and listeners, I hope that you're writing these down, and I hope that you're really. You know, I think one of the hardest things for us to do as believers is to really believe Jesus. We believe in him, but we, we must cross over to believing him. And um, and you are doing such a – I love what you're doing with this, Aaron. It's because the best way to believe God is to see him in our stories. And, and you're helping mm-hmm. people high, highlight that. Tell me, let's go into um, – give, give me – when I ask you about a, a story that you've written, and, and I want to get to the website and other things that you're doing, but give us a 
example of a story that you've helped someone write or something that you just remember that changed someone's life? And I know there are hundreds of them. I don't even know if that's fair to ask just one, but can you think of just one that you'd like to share with us? Yes, I've got one that that I actually haven't finished writing yet. Um, I wrote the first part of it, and I told Jenny Muscatel, you know Jenny, I told her about the first part of it, yeah. So I was excited to share this with you because there's a second part to the story. But so, so here's what happened. There's a young man who walks into my room completely discouraged. And he usually comes in first period. He comes in full of life. Like there's just light in his eyes. And he's got so much excitement, enthusiastic. And, um, and he one day actually in front of the class, we have this thing where kids can share words that mean something to them on Fridays. And then they get extra credit if they share these words that mean something to them. So he one day got up and said, he shared these words that this guy had shared at his workplace about how this is all there is in this world just right now, so make the most of it. And when you die, you're going to be gone. There's nothing left. Um, very, um, a very worldly view, um, very atheistic view. And, uh, and, and I listened to that, you know, and as a public school teacher, I can't say, hey, that's wrong. You know, that's the wrong thinking. Right. I, just, I just say, hey, that's exciting that you want to make the most of your life now. And, and the kids applauded and sits down. But it's just like something my heart thinks, like, oh, this poor guy, like, he doesn't, he doesn't know truth. He doesn't know there's love right. out there for him. There's hope. And so, but he sits down. He's smiling. He's thankful that he shared his words. And then probably a couple weeks later, um, he comes to my room, and he's just discouraged, and he's down and hurting. And, <clears throat> and I ask him, what's, what's wrong, Danny? What's going on? And, and he tells me that he lost his friend to suicide, and, he, and, he, and he, he's just processing. He just heard about it. So he didn't know what to do with it, and he was, just, he was broken. And so I said, do you want to just take mm-hmm. a walk? Why don't you just take a walk, take the hall pass, and take a walk out in the hallway for a little bit? And I said, I'm so sorry, Danny. And so he took a walk, and then a math teacher came to my room, and she said, sorry to interrupt, but she said, Danny is on the stairs. She's just sitting on the stairs, um, and he's, he's, he's hurting. And she said, I talked with him for a while, and he told me about his friend who committed suicide. And, uh, and this mm-hmm. math teacher is also a believer. And so then she's telling me this, and then Danny came up to us as she's talking to me. And then we both just hugged him, and we said, Danny, I'm so sorry. What's going on? But it's interesting, Kim, how God puts all these believers in a public school setting in the midst of the darkness yes. to bring that light. Yeah. And here's this math teacher and I both who love him and love the Lord. And so, so anyways, we were praying for him, and then, and then he goes in the classroom, goes back in the classroom, sits down, and finishes the day. And a, few, a couple weeks later, he comes to Young Life. And I'm a big part of Young Life at, at my school. Yeah. He comes to Young mm-hmm. Life, and kids embrace him and love on him. And uh, in, this, in Young Life, for the listeners, if they don't know what it is, it's a great, great Christian program, all set up to introduce Jesus to kids in a, in a very comfortable, powerful, powerful way. So anyways, he comes mm-hmm. and, he, and he hangs out with us. And then that summer, he goes to camp and he became a believer. He became a Christian. And he's back now oh. this year, and he's so full of life, and he's telling everybody about yeah. young life. And um, it's just exciting to see what God is doing in his life and how he's changing um, and what God's doing in that school. So it's just those kind of things just make me want to come back every day and get me so excited. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That is a wonderful st- Oh, my gosh. Why is it so important to tell these stories, Aaron? I mean, that I know how that makes me feel. I know well, I could hear it in your voice. Why is it so important for us to share our stories? Why is it so important for you to keep pouring into these kids and adults every day about and encouraging them to share their stories? Why does it matter? I think it matters because, first of all, when we tell our story, 
um, we begin to pay more attention to it. I know, I know that when I write my stories, I pay, I pay way more attention to the details of the story and what God's doing when I'm actually writing these stories or telling other people about these stories. I was just on a walk with my wife, and we were sharing with each other, and I said, you know what's, what, what's great, Deb, about, about us having these conversations on these walks? And, and she said, what? And I said, I said, the fact that when we, when we talk about what God's doing in our lives, we're kind of making it our own. We're holding on to it tighter. And we're, we're like, mm. we're like making, we're, we're grasping the truth that he's trying to communicate to us when we talk about it, when we share it. Um, and it becomes more and more powerful. And so as people tell their stories to each other, and as we share our stories, and God tells us to testify, to tell, to tell the world yes. about what he's doing. And when we do that, we begin to, we embrace, you know, what God's given to us, these gifts he's given to us in our lives and in our stories, where we embrace those gifts and they become like these precious gems that we hold on to. Um, on my mm-hmm. on my on my dresser, there's a there's this big document that's that's from Mexico that says that says um, negativo. And it's the it's the COVID test that my my daughter took in Mexico when we were there on a missions trip, and, it, and she had tested positive before that negative COVID test. And we prayed that she would, that that was a false positive, and we prayed because she would be stuck in Mexico if, with a, with a positive test. And so we prayed, and we mm-hmm. go to this the airport and we retested and it's a negative test and and we had prayed about this and so we come back we come back from mexico as a family instead of having to leave some of the family back behind we come back together and my daughter she'll never forget that moment that god answered prayer and gave her a negative test in mexico and we could come back together as a family so we have that we have that document sitting in our house just because it's it's another story of god at work in our lives so we those those stories are so critical that we tell each other about it because it just lifts God up and it helps us to embrace um, what he's done. Mm-hmm. I love that. And that, and that's it, my dear friends who are listening. You know, so many times we think that our story doesn't matter. I love the first thing that Aaron said, we have to help one another find our voice. Even if it's just one word or two words or whatever it is, it's helping people find their voice and letting, helping them understand that your voice matters. One thing that I've learned in, through my curriculum, Burns the Blessings, that by telling our burdens, by telling our hurts, by telling what we, God has gotten us through, not only does it empower us, but it helps others see the power of God that can go to work in their lives. I love, I love um, Genesis 50:20, where those things that came toward us, that came to us to hurt us, God wants to change and, to, and for our good, from from our hurt to His hope. And why the Bible says for the saving of many, we tell our stories of those things meant for harm, so that other people can be saved by it. They can maybe not fall into the same ditch that we fell into, or we can, you know, just give hope and encouragement. We can be a cheerleader for one another by telling, telling our stories to each other. So Aaron, I want to, amen, you, you amen. This, yeah, I mean, it's so important. I mean, it doesn't have to be a, a wonderful story to share. As a matter of fact, the hurt and the pain and the struggling and the, the, isolation, whatever it is that we've gone through, that's really what helps us connect, just like this little boy um, that you talked about. But, Aaron, let's get into what you are doing to help people uh, understand your audience. I know that you write a lot of stories, and, and I want you to share about that, but you have so much information, a guideline, um, a 21-day um, uh, on your website that actually helps people uh, 
creator discover the power of their story. So would you like to talk about this 21-day journey that that is just phenomenal? I would just tell anyone to jump on. But tell us how to find it and what it's about. Kim, thank you so much for that. Yes, I've been working on some um, on this 21-day guide to seeing God and celebrating him as the author of your story. And it's all mm-hmm. about looking at the symbolism in your life and the settings in your life and the people in your life and, and the difficulties in your life and seeing how God is at work in the midst of all that and, and really giving us a chance to just be still, a pause, and, and like we were talking about earlier, just look for God and, and seek him and find him in your story. And so that's what these are all designed. I've got lessons and there's videos there. Um, to help people, and they can they can go and find those lessons and find the videos by going to yourstoryhasanauthor.com, yourstoryhasanauthor.com, and they can click there and, and download the lessons and the videos. And I, I'm super excited to see what's going to happen. And in fact, I put at the end of the lessons for people to email me and let me know um, if there are any discoveries that they made or anything that was encouraging for them, because I'm excited to see what God's going to do with it. Mm, so am I. I mean, I think that people are ready. I mean, we're, we're tired of, you know, silence. It, what does shame need to remain? Silence. The more silent we remain, the more hushed we are, you know, to share what God has done or even, you know, where we are in life. So there's, this, there's this hopelessness that begins to build on the inside of us. And I think that people are kind of, we've kind of been backed in a corner long enough, and I see this rejuvenation of, uh, oh, I'm going for it. You know, maybe it's because we're aging. Maybe we're seeing life is slipping away. But I, I see so many more people thinking, hey, if my story matters, if it can help anybody, then I want to tell it. And so um, so Aaron has this incredible 21-day journey. The first thing that I saw here uh, when I joined yesterday or is six critical ways to see God in your story. Friends, you all need to read this because, I mean, Aaron, is, number one is pray. We only have about four minutes, but I wanted to go through this because pray, be still. He, he tells you how to write, why it's important to write, talking about it, why that's important, looking for connections. That's what we all need. The number one um, heart disease, supposedly, according to a Harvard study right now, is loneliness. So Aaron t- talks to you about making these connections. And then he goes on to what you were talking about, appreciating the small things. Aaron, we don't have to have a huge, extraordinary, life-altering story to begin telling our story, do we? Encourage people right now who just feel kind of ordinary, normal, like their story would never matter. Where what would you say to them today as we begin to close? Well, I think I just think about sunsets and sunrises. We look at, we look at sunsets and sunrises if we're believers and we see the, how beautiful they are with the oranges and the blues and the purples. And we just say, Hey God, man, you're so creative with creating that sunset with the clouds. And the, and, and the truth is a lot of people see clouds as blemishes. And I think we have, we have all kinds of baggage and difficulties in our lives and, and scars and woundedness and brokenness, and those can be like the clouds, but it's amazing what God can do with our stories um, within mm-hmm. the midst of the brokenness and midst of the pain and midst of the hurting. He does beautiful things, and I think it's rare for us as believers to look at our own stories like we look at those sunsets and say, man, God, look how creative you are. Look what you can do 
um, in the midst yeah. of everything, what you can do with the beauty that you can bring out. And so I think that's one thing I would want to encourage anybody with listening right now is that, that God wants to, wants to show you the beauty and the purpose in your story. And he, use, he, likes, to, he likes to reach people who are, who are in the midst of the mess and, and show them that, that he's right there with them, that he loves them, um, and that he's faithful and that he's with us. So, I, I, yeah, I want mm-hmm. people to know that. And that's a passion of mine, which is why I did the whole 21-day 21, 21 guide. And again, to to um, register for the 21 day guide, you can go to I have it written your your story has an author dot com, and I would so encourage you listeners um, to to go register that and you know discover the power of your story. You know, Aaron, that's how my that's how my ministry began. Is I had a story that I felt was just um wasn't anything that I celebrated. It wasn't anything I really wanted anybody to know, but God began to work in my life and began to share with me that I, there's power in that story and the power is to help other people. You know, Revelations 12:11 says, "By the blood of the Lamb and by the telling of their testimony, people will overcome." And so, by telling our stories, we help other people to see God and to know God and to overcome whatever is trying to silence them, so that they feel significant and they understand the power and the purpose in their own story. And so you are doing that for hundreds and hundreds of people, Aaron. And I just, on behalf of all of them, I just thank you for what you're doing and the heart that you have. And I'd like to tell our guests, please, please go to Aaron's website. He is a a podcast guest. He is a, a guest blogger. He does retreats, men groups, student activities. He does a lot and it's all important work in building up uh, the next person to be all that God wanted them to be. Aaron, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. you have a final word for our listeners as we close out? Kim, I just want to say thank you so much for letting me be a part of this. And, and I, yeah, I wanted to say there's, there's hope. God is with us on the journey. I think of Jairus walking with Jesus, and he got the bad news that his daughter had died, and Jesus turns to him in the midst of that horrible news, and, and Jesus says to him, Believe, just believe. He says, don't be afraid, just believe. And the two of them keep walking, and eventually Jesus heals his daughter. And I think that, I think that we can all remember that, that God's with us on the journey, and that he wants to do beautiful things, and he's got good things in store for us at the end of the journey. Amen. Thank you, Aaron, so much. Please go to Aaron, www.aarononfelt.com. All this information will be also here at up to me radio please go leave comments if you have any questions hey if you have a particular question you'd like to ask aaron send it to me at kimcrable.org we'll see if we'll get him back and have another show aaron thank you so much it was such a pleasure look forward to talking to you in the future god bless you and thank all you, that Kim. you do god bless bye thank bye-bye. you bye 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 to learn more about kim's books teaching materials or to invite kim to speak at your event please visit kimcrable.org. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, to learn more, please visit kimcrable.org.